It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Did the Dallas Cowboys find their starting left guard in undrafted free agency? All that more this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Today, we are breaking down two undrafted free agent offensive linemen the Cowboys uh, brought in after the draft. Got to say, Landon, I like both these guys quite a bit. I mean, so far, it's an incredible class. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, you've gotten a couple of different guys who I feel like uh, that – could you know come in we've talked about a couple different guys who they've 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 signed that could come in and have a role right away on the team um and now we've got these two guys who uh get injected into a position where um you know you have kind of uh some starters obviously at the top you have a kind of an idea of where you want uh of what you of what you want in the starting five but i think that these guys can come in and kind of uh, really kind of upset the apple cart at the, at the bottom half of the roster. And one of these guys, like you mentioned, uh, if things kind of fell right for him and, and, and develops, you know, maybe in the mix for uh, getting some playing time uh, in, in the regular season. So this is an exciting group. Yeah. All right. Let's just stop teasing and actually get into the players <laughs> because it's a lot of fun. Let's start with TJ Bass, yeah. an offensive tackle who was uh, from Oregon. Uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about another guy that was maybe more highly thought of in the pre-draft process, but, Got to say, T.J. Bass is a pretty good player. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I to me, this seems like a situation where this uh, – I'm surprised he honestly didn't get drafted. Yeah. You know, I, I think that if it, it, it feels like, you know, there is a clear path to uh, – this guy just reads totally like a tackle that should be moved to guard. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like his skill set – you watch the tape, his strengths and weaknesses. Uh, they just seem to line up with a guy that uh, probably should have been playing guard. Um, you know, I think it's one of those situations where in college, you're the best offensive play offensive lineman on your team. So they're going to put you at left tackle. Uh, but you just watch this, watch his game. He's strong. Uh, you know, he can, he can move a little bit. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, he's got, he's a little bit shorter on the arm side, but, but that doesn't matter as much when you're talking about being inside. Um, I think, you know, where I saw him really struggle are in the things that, you know, kind of that offensive tackles have to do. He's not a reactive athlete. And I think that's what we're going to need to see him kind of overcome. We talked about this kind of reactive athleticism, 
when we talk about defenders a lot, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's important to be athletic. It's important to be able to run in a straight line. It's important to be able to change direction. But what's really, truly important on defense and then an offensive line, I think, especially when you're talking about pass protection, is that you're able to process information that's happening in front of you quickly and then have your feet coordinate with that. And I mm-hmm. think that's where Bass has struggled at times is that, you know, when he's left on an island or left isolated on the left side, uh, you know, in space, he he can't change direction. He can't redirect when a guy moves, makes a quick move inside. He doesn't mirror well. And I think these are all things that really kind of, you know, showed itself out as a problem. Now, a, a tackle, I think you move him inside where there's less room for him to have to travel. You try to isolate whether this, this issue is an agility problem or is it a, a you know a, a processing what you're seeing problem mm-hmm. right and i think either one of them are workable but if you get this guy kind of you know with a little bit better pass protection a little bit better feet he's got power already like we've talked about he can move bodies uh, i you know despite what i just said he's not a bad ath- foot athlete necessarily like if you if you're running wide zone he can get to the second level and hit a target and he can do yes. all that stuff uh, I think where where he struggles is when he is having to react to a defender and kind of mirror that defender, sure. and that's why he really you know kind of was exasperated when he was playing left tackle against pass rushers. And that I think otherwise, this guy has ready made NFL strength. Um, I think he can come in and, and at least be part of the mix. I don't know if he's st- taking a starting job from anyone, but I, I think it's more than what I would normally expect from an undrafted yeah. free agent guard. So. Uh- couple things the other offensive lineman that we're going to talk about today is earl bostic jr from from kansas who is a traits based player right like you are you are signing him and investing in him because of the athletic traits tj bass just doesn't have those same athletic traits by the way i thought it was funny at the combine his arm length was 32 and 3 eighths at his pro day was 31 and 7 eighths somehow his arm shrank uh, wow the, the well product. you know th- these guys they really struggle where the arms like that's it's always exactly like what it is right the it's arm length is shoulder. shorter but the wing but the wing but the wing length is yeah. longer right yeah. it's like they can't figure out where the shoulder begins it's yeah, crazy so that part of it's weird but yeah. um the the one thing i'll say about bass is it's not like he was a average player at oregon like mm-hmm. he played uh, what 34 starts in college in 2021, he was first team all Pac-12 at left tackle. Yeah. Last year, he was second team all American, first team all Pac-12 at That's left right. tackle. So, like, this is somebody who was highly thought of That's in right. the Pac-12. It's just you have questions about does his athleticism translate to the NFL? But if you're going from left tackle to guard in the NFL, it's I don't think it's as concerning to, for me. Yeah, I mean, there like there is some other stuff about his game that you know he plays, and this is probably you know due to the link. He plays a little too belly to belly at times. You know, sure. you've seen these kind of guys where they get they they get into the body of the defender, and that's not always good habits, especially in the NFL because defenders are so much more athletic than you are uh, at the NFL level. And the in the diff- that difference between offensive lineman mm-hmm. athleticism and defensive lineman athleticism is only gets that gap only gets wider in the NFL. Um, so. There are definitely some technique things to work on, but you know he comes in with a very high floor. Like I think he's he's got solid technique, you know, for what he's doing. You just need him to kind of unlock a little bit more of the kind of foot quickness inside. And I yes. think you know putting him in a guard. Look, it things happen quicker 
inside a guard. Like, so I, I understand that that's not a good solution necessarily for any quickness, but I think there is less severity as to how far he's being asked to move off his spot exactly. and then move back. Yes. And, and I think that's really where he has issues. You see him kind of get into that, that, uh, that trap that left tackles or tackles in general get into where they overset. Oh no, that now I'm beat inside. And now I'm thinking about being beat inside. I'm trying to have a strong post step and I'm not getting outside quick enough. It felt like he was constantly getting caught in that where, if he didn't have a very specific plan before to get out of his stance, uh, he could be beat by quicker defensive linemen. I don't know that that will be as much of an issue because he just won't have as much space uh, yes. when he's playing inside a guard. Uh, I've got one incredibly awesome stat about TJ Bass and then an NFL comparison I want your thoughts on when we get back. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bet. Uh, bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win, uh, you should be betting on the Lakers right now. That's a very, very mm-hmm. profitable bet, Landon. I know you're mm-hmm. a huge basketball fan. So Is basketball still happening? Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. We've got the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals starting this week. Make sure oh, wow. you're watching that Lakers uh, Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, Landon and I are going to talk about two undrafted free agent receivers that the Cowboys brought in including somebody that I believe is the best undrafted free agent receiver the Cowboys have signed since Cole Beasley. Wow. Make sure you guys are uh, tuning in for that. Uh, first, a stat on TJ Bass, courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Uh, Bass is the number one graded zone-blocking offensive lineman in college football over the last two years. He had a 93.6 run-blocking grade on zone runs. And it wasn't even close between him and the next place guy. So I thought that was really interesting that he was that good on zone runs in college. That is really interesting. I mean, you know, look, it, it's it's a, a definitely a skill set. You know, it's something you have to learn, uh, footwork, the kind of concentration, the the hand placement. I mean, again, that's the that's the interesting thing about athleticism, right? Uh, is that you see this guy, and and, and you know, we, the implication is that. He's not an incredible athlete, but but the truth of the matter is, is that like when you see him on the hoof, like getting to the second level, he does that stuff really well. He, he hits the spot really to, well, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of that shows you kind of the like what can be accomplished uh, with uh, technique, you know, with with yes. good technique and solid technique. Is that you know when you have that kind of confidence in what your steps are, where you're targeting is you know the angle that you've taken. 
Um, you can move a lot cleaner than, than, than an athletic guy who doesn't know what he's doing. So that's where I think TJ Bass, um, and that's why I kind of have prescribed that as a solution for his, his pass rush mm-hmm. issues, right? Is that if you can just get a little bit more help, a little bit of help, not have to move out as far back and forth, uh, and then just have a little bit better pass rush plan. You know, I, th- I think the other part of his, his issue, the reason he plays a lot of belly to belly is obviously his arm length. He does a good job of, of not like, uh, you know, one thing you worry about with guys with short length is, is the, uh, the waist bending, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to reach to engage in the snap uh, so that they can get hands on you, especially for guys like TJ Bass who are strong, right? Yes. He's got really good grip strength. He wants to get his hands on the defender, but he does a really good job of not falling into that trap. You know, like he does kind of allow defenders to get into him a little bit more. However, the next step of that, I would like to see him start to get his punch out a little bit sooner, a little bit cleaner. If he can time that punch a little bit better, uh, I think you can kind of get the best of both worlds where he's getting to use his strength without having to overreach over his feet in order to kind of reach the defender in time. So when you were watching him, did you have any, comps or any players that just he reminded you of i mean physically yes like he reminded me of this is a really weird one and this is a way back machine and i don't know if people are going to remember this guy but do you remember the mcquiston brothers pat and paul pat and paul mcquiston yeah reminded me a little bit of the mcquistons you know where i like that one he's he which one uh, did we have did we have pat mcquiston we had pat yeah Yeah. paul Paul was, was the better one was the better one, yeah. yeah. Um, Pat wasn't bad though. Pat was probably like a um, who, who who could we compare him to now? Like that's on the Cowboys. I mean, he was just just a guy that like kind of just hung around the back end of that offense. The, the Matt Farniak's. Far, that's literally who I was trying to come up with. Yeah. My brain was Farniak. Yeah. yeah, I think Farniak's a great example of a guy that like you know they drafted late. I think or he I think he was like a sixth mm-hmm. or seventh round pick and and he just hung around for a really long time because he was a hard worker and he was wasn't going to get you killed if you played. Uh you know I think he's that kind of guy where high high floor, you know, he doesn't have a ton of athleticism left to squeeze out of that body, but mm-hmm. he can improve some technique a little bit which could get him a little bit better. Uh, but he's probably like a solid player, never going to be a great player. Yeah, no, I, th- I agree. I think like the Matt Farniak, Paul McQuiston is probably like the most realistic outcome here. However, if we're talking about like he reaches like the 99th percentile of mm-hmm. outcomes, right? I don't think he's all that different from Alex Kappa when he came out okay. of Humboldt State. Okay. who was left tackle in college, moved to, to guard in the NFL because he was a terrible athlete with 32-inch arms, but he played hard. He was awesome at finishing offensive line or defensive linemen like, and just played after the whistle and had a little bit of a mean streak to him. I could see TJ Bass in a zone-heavy scheme being something yeah. like that where you just get in there and he grinds and he just plays hard. And, yeah, it's never going to be pretty. It's not going to be the teach tape, but he's just a really solid player. There's The NFL is littered with guys like that. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. why I won't be surprised to see Bass if, if he makes it. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, look, if this guy, uh, you know, continues to work the way that, you know, you think he can just based on what he's already gotten out of his body. Um, I, yeah, I think, you know, this is <laughs> – it's funny how we've managed to go through these uh, these kind of prospect pairings and, 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 and seemingly almost at every turn 
managed to pair together uh, two prospects who are kind of on the opposite ends yes. of spectrum from de- uh, of where they are in development, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bass is a guy who he didn't get drafted, but I-, I would say that has the best opportunity or one of the best opportunities of these down roster two dr- undrafted mm-hmm. free agent guys to potentially make some hay. And, and, and if he really had a good training camp, could find his way into – the game day roster, maybe even in conversation for, for, for uh, a starting spot, you know, some point during the season. Um, if, if he kind of hits all his, you know, his goals. Well, and, and the other thing is a lot of times that happens with these guys. And then they just never give up jobs because offensive line coaches, love those tough guys. guys that are yeah. stay on the field and they're going to play to the whistle. And after the whistle, like every team needs a couple players like this. So I, I won't be surprised at all. If that's the career arc for TJ Bass. And, and, you know, again, like, because we haven't really spoken specifically about this, but the play attitude, the play yes. demeanor, those are all top notch with this guy, like the best that you could want. He want he loves to finish guys. He loves being physical. He's, he's, you know, what you would describe as nasty though. All those aspects that you want in an interior offensive lineman who maybe isn't quite as athletic as you want him to be. He has those. So he has the look of the type of player who comes in as an undrafted free agent and, you know, makes a run at a starting guard position. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about the other offensive line of the Cowboys signed Earl Bostic jr. Who a lot of people really liked the Cowboys even gave him quite a bit of money. Now you were talking about a freak freak athlete here from Kansas. If you're watching with us on YouTube right now, you can see almost six six, three hundred and nine pounds, ran a five oh five forty yard dash with a one six eight uh ten yard split. That's faster than Michael Mayer, by the way. Uh I mean just the numbers across the board are absolutely insane. But what did you think of the tape? Uh, well, so here's the deal, right? Like he is an incredible athlete, but he does not look like he put that weight on correctly. <laughs> like he, no. he, he's 309 pounds. So here's the deal. He ran faster than Michael Mayer. I mean, this guy used to be a tight end. So that doesn't, that doesn't shock faster me. Faster 10 yards. Spell, I should yeah. Faster 10 yards. Spell, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. To be clear. To be clear. Yes. Uh, I, I think, and I think that that's, you know, he looks, I mean, honestly to me, he looks like, uh, uh, one of those guys who, uh, that an offensive line coach saw around campus and said, you, you're, you're playing offensive line for me. You come here and get in here and do these things. Uh, I, he does not look natural to me, Uh, you know? And and I think that the real issue I have with his game as it stands right now is that he doesn't have a play. He has, hasn't developed a play demeanor that you need to play offensive line yet. Uh, He's not a finisher. In fact, there are many different snaps where I felt like he did his little bit and then he kind of would stand and watch. Um, I, I actually I actually thought that, you know, watching him was very, like, you watch two snaps of him burying some dude and then, like, three snaps of him, like, eh, okay. And then, like, you know, waiting for the rest of the snap to go through. I just felt like he got really inconsistent uh, tenacity from this guy uh, it's there. Uh, let me, <laughs> having said all that, it's all there. Like, I mean, yeah. he's got long arms. He's got the body that you want. He's got, I mean, it looks, it looks like it, all the pieces that you want to develop an offensive lineman are there, but 
he's 309 pounds and it's all it's all in his stomach you know what i'm saying like he has like a weird gut it doesn't look it looks like he put on weight for putting on weight's sake as opposed to putting on good weight so i think that he's ultimately despite having statistics of uh an incredible nfl offensive tackle He's going to need to completely rebuild his body. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's going to need to like lose weight <laughs> and then and rebuild it yeah. properly. So I think that you know this is a this guy is someone that y- you look at the tools, you look at what's there, right? And and this is someone that you try to find a way to stash for more than one year, you know, because he's not. Yes. I don't even think a year in a training room, even if he had like. Even if Terrence Steele was his workout partner and he was coming in every single day, he's way more raw than what Terrence Steele was yeah. coming out of. And, and 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 the aspects that that concern me that uh, are are stuff that he's not going to be able to 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 get in the weight room. You know, like I I just you just feel like you need this guy to have a more physical attitude, or or at least, um, and 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 I'm and I should be clear. I struggle with whether or not this is a uh, tenacity problem or if it's a concentration problem. It could just be a concentration problem. It just seems like there are too many times when I'm seeing inconsistent levels of effort. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a situation where the guy doesn't care or anything like that. I, I honestly do think it's, it's he loses track of what he's doing in the snap, you know? And, 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 and there's other things too, like, you know, like a, um, he, he's not a physical player in the sense that he's big and strong, but when he hits you or when he engages with you, he stops moving his feet. Like he's yeah. not like trying to run through you or bury you or, or finish the play. And again, I don't think this is an effort thing or, or an attitude thing. I, I think this is a, a mentality thing that needs to be changed. And I, I just honestly don't know like how much of that can be changed. So know, we should also talk about why he is. Yeah. Why he's so raw coming out of Kansas yeah. despite being there for so many years but he was there for six years I believe yeah, yeah. started in 2017 uh, we'll talk about that next if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft if you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on NFL scouting available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right, Landon, we were talking about Earl Bostic Jr., a undrafted free agent for the Dallas Cowboys. You mentioned how raw he is as a player. Mm-hmm. We should mention that in high school, he played tight end, and he was a defensive yeah. end. He went to Kansas the first three years of his career. He was a tight end for Kansas, made the switch to offensive line late in the 2019 season, never got on the field. 2020, he played right tackle, and then eventually moved over to left tackle. Despite being in school for so long, he only yeah. has 32 starts at offensive line, and that includes high school and college. So I think the hope is the more you get him to play and practicing playing left tackle or right tackle, that you'll see some more of the consistency because the player yeah. that we saw at Kansas wasn't good. Like, I'll just give you some numbers. 
Uh, this is courtesy of Pro Football Focus the last year. First percentile run block grade. That's really bad. He was the second worst good. in the country. Fourth wow. percentile negatively graded plays. Third percentile run block grade on gap run. Seventh percentile pass block grade on seven step concepts. Like he's just not a good player right now. Uh, I However, mean, you just don't yeah, find athletes like this. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem, right? Is that it's these guys are it's planet theory, you know, with a lot of this stuff. Um, I mean, you, you just pointed all that out and he's still got, he's still on an NFL roster to come work out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, like it's not, that's not just like stats. You see that on tape. I mean, I saw last night uh, there was a gap play where he was pulling across the, the formation. And I think it was against, was it Mississippi state or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and he, he hits the uh, hits the edge on, on a kickout block and it makes a huge sound. And like the announcers, Ooh, no, no, no. But if you watch the play, he hits the guy who weighs probably 40 pounds less than him. And he, he moved backwards. Yeah. Like the, the guy that was the guy that was pulling moved backwards yeah. and, and the, the defensive end kind of, he didn't make the play, but, but like it, it didn't knock him over or even back. So I think that that's, <sighs> it's i th- i think it's hard to t- teach that right it's not even just enough that he needs to rebuild his body it's that like you got to know that you got f- you want that dude on the ground in pain like you know what i'm saying there's like there's a level of th- physicality that you either have or you don't right yeah and like you know it's it's i can teach you to be faster and stronger and and have better technique but i can't make you want to run through some guy's face <laughs> you know like i can't give you Marshawn Lynch syndrome, which is yes. what I need in my guys. Right. Yep. So uh, I, and, and look, I, I, what tight end is not exactly a finesse position and he played defensive end too. So, yep. so like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, this isn't just a situation where, Oh, this is a more physical. I mean, it is a more physical position than what he's used to playing, but he's been doing it for a little while. He's played football for a little while. I have concerns that, you know, you'll, you'll be able to get him there athletically but I don't know, like, and, and but you know what? There's guys like that who play in the league, right? Yeah. Who who are who play who are not necessarily finishers, you know, tough guys, whatever. But because they're just so big and athletic and dancing bears, they can function in the league. So I think it's going to make his journey a little bit more difficult. But yeah. I mean, the guy has got physical well, tools for days to build to work with. Let's just be clear on these two players, T.J. Bass and Earl Bostic Jr. Bass is just so much more likely to make the 53-man roster oh, this yeah. year. He's just so so much closer to being an NFL player. But I do think Bostic is going to be somebody who is either on the Cowboys practice squad yeah. or bounces around other teams' practice squads yes. because it's a Big 12 offensive lineman with a lot of traits. And those guys just they stick around because – They it, get a shot. It, yeah, and every offensive line coach believes I can be the one that turns I'll him into so. an NFL player. So, yeah. To be honest, I think both of these guys are going to be on the roster. Just mm-hmm. I think there's a chance Bass is on the 53 and Bostic's on the the you know the practice squad. But two very very intriguing offensive linemen here. Any final thoughts before we head out? Yeah, just to kind of you know put a bow on that what we were talking about, like just kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, despite being undrafted free agents, Bass has kind of everything you want in an attitude. Uh, in the kind of minimum requirements, I think he's you know as ready as he's going to be to play in the NFL. I mean, he he, he definitely has places to go from here, uh, but you think with that kind of attitude, that kind of toughness, that kind of experience, 
uh, and if he can hide a little bit of his you know athletic downsides, you you could get a guy who can actually function on an NFL yep. roster, maybe even this season. You know, Bostic's the complete opposite guy. He doesn't have that attitude. He doesn't have that kind of high floor. He's not ready for prime time. But what does he have? He has the kind of elite traits that if you do develop and you do hit on him, this could be a, you know, I mean, with these kind of athletic traits, if you, if you hit on someone like them, you can get a Pro Bowl left tackle. Sure. You can get a, uh, you know, and that's not even like the only uh, 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 positive goal you can get out of someone like Bostic. I mean, what happens if you, if you just get halfway there and you get him as a solid swing tackle? That would be sure. a fantastic signing as an undrafted free agent uh, a year from now, you know, so. Uh, that's kind of where these guys are is, you know, one of them is very high floor with the low ceiling and one of them is very high ceiling with the very low floor. TJ Bass beating out Matt Farniak in training camp. See that happening. It's it, a doga. It's a doga is that he's going to have to cheat out. You know, I, the whole, the whole left guard uh, uh, depth chart is a fun conversation we should have one day. Cause at this point there are a lot of names to discuss. I mean, there are legitimately four to five different options. Yep. The Cowboys could roll out there right between Tyler Smith, Terrence Steele, as much as I disagree with that. Matt awesome Farniak, Chuma Doga, TJ Bass. I mean, there's just, just, who knows? And maybe the Cowboys will throw them all against the wall and see what sticks. But and maybe he, there's an outside guy we haven't even mentioned. Yet. Yeah, you know, who maybe, knows? Maybe so. Dalton or Reisner, right? Something maybe. like that. So keep an eye on Bass, though. I do think yeah. he's going to be somebody that's very interesting to watch as we get closer to that final cutdown day because I just think he's going to make it really, really hard to cut him. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Please go check out the YouTube channel where we create content for free every single day. Uh, go follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.